The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I am your host, Eric, and this is another edition of The Week in Geek. And this will be for the week of April 29th to May 6th. That is Sunday, April 29th to Saturday, May 6th. And that does include such things as May the 4th, for all you Star Wars fans, May the 4th be with you, and... <clears throat> on a more personal note, uh, May the 6th happens to be my wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary to my wife of 22 years currently. All right, let's move on, shall we? All right, so not a lot of stories this week. Um, just a couple of things I want to cover because I'm going to also, at the end of the episode, give a review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume a three, which also came out this past week. All right, so first of all, the stories. Um, so there's been some big casting rumors among um out there for the Fantastic Four movie, um, uh, which is coming in 2025 or was m- might be getting a little delayed now. Who knows with this whole writer strike thing? But anyway. Casting rumors. Here we go. So here's some interesting rumors for you. So uh, in the Fantastic Four film, we have uh, the character of Mister Fantastic, who is rumored to be uh, being played by. And the latest rumor is that he has actually signed on for it. Although I did not see any word, official word from Marvel, but allegedly. Actor Adam Driver is set to play Mr. Fantastic. That's right, Kyle Wren has become, when since he became a good guy at the end of Rise of Skywalker. I do not wish to discuss that movie at this point in time. Thank you very much. <laughs> so now he's apparently going to continue being a good guy as he moves into the Marvel Cinematic Universe to play Mr. Fantastic, the head of the Fantastic Four. Reed Richards. Um, and I, I honestly don't know how I feel about that. I don't necessarily hate the idea, but I'm not sure he is who I would initially have. I don't think he would be, he would have been high up on my list of people to play Reed Richards either. So, I'm a little, well, I'm a little, I'm kind of right in the middle there with that. I'm like, okay, bring it on, right? And also, I must always remember the Heath Ledger rule, which is that I originally thought, as many of us did, that Heath Ledger, as the Joker, was going to be, (laughs) well, (laughs) 
<laughs> the mess that was Jared Leto as the Joker. Oh, man. But I ended up loving Heath Ledger's Joker so much that I gained an entirely new uh, respect for Heath Ledger. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I was very sad when he passed. But anyway, uh, so I created a rule for myself, which I title the Heath Ledger Rule, which I bring up anytime there is a casting choice that I may not agree with. <clears throat> Excuse me. I bring up the Heath Ledger Rule, and remember that I need to give everybody a chance and actually see them in the part uh, before I determine whether they are Heath Ledger, Joker, or uh, Jared Leto, Joker, or uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, which for me is somewhere in between. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, we're not talking about the Joker here. We're talking about the Fantastic Four and uh, the rumors, which, speaking of the Joker, there is also a rumor that we could see actress Margot Robbie playing Sue Storm, uh, the Invisible Woman. And that has neither been confirmed nor denied currently, but it has also been pointed out in rumors that whether or not she takes on the role of Sue Storm, she will still be playing Harley Quinn um, in, in the DC Universe movies with James Gunn and everything. So... Lover or hater, you you sounds like you're gonna be stuck with her for a while. And personally, I I don't know. I kind of I think I like her as Harley Quinn, as long as she stays away from Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> oh, oh boy! <laughs> oh man! Anyway, um, so yeah, um, Margot Robbie allegedly will still be playing Harley Quinn for a while. Um, no de de determination on how long. But the rumor is also that she could be coming into the Marvel Universe to play Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. And that would be interesting because that means she'd be in both universes. And then when they do a big Marvel vs. DC crossover movie, it'll be so awesome because she can play both parts and she can fight herself. And Yeah, I know. I know that's never going to happen. That's a pipe dream. But anyway, it is, you know, they did it in the comics. And they'll never do it in the movies. So, there we go. Um, I don't see any rumors on who will be playing Ben Grimm, The Thing, or Johnny Storm at this moment. <laughs> there was apparently a ridiculous rumor that has since been denied, thankfully, that uh, Mila Kunis could be playing The Thing, Ben Grimm. It, that's absurd. Even if they, for some ridiculous reason, decided to gender swap the thing, which would not be a good idea because the thing is the thing. Don't mess with the character. Um, but anyway, <laughs> even if they did decide to make the thing a female, Mila Kunis would not be anybody I would want to see playing the part. Certainly. That is... That is, wow. So, thankfully, that has been denied by the, I believe, by the actress herself. So, um, so that's really all we ha know about the Fantastic Four movie at the moment. Oh, I'm sorry, I do have some more information here. Pardon me. Uh, 
Uh, other rumors is we could see Paul Mescal as Johnny Storm, who I'm not familiar with that name. Um, perhaps you might be a listener and let me know if you love that or hate that. And you can always let me know by uh, emailing me or um, at nesogpod at gmail.com or find me on Twitter um, under my NESOG or NESOG pod Twitter accounts. In the meantime, uh, another rumor, (laughs) and I'm not even sure how to feel about this one either, but uh, another rumor is that we could be seeing Antonio Banderas as the villain Galactus. Now, just, I would love the idea of them having uh, Galactus in the movie. Um, Although... For me, Galactus is like, should be like a Thanos level villain where they cover him in several movies, um, you know, leading up to him like they did with Thanos. But, um, in fact, uh, that's something my friend Chris and I, who is my co host on my other podcast, Keepers of the Fringe, check us out there, kids. Um, he, we, d- we talked about it and, and we figured it would be really cool if they used the Fantastic Four movie to, kind of introduce Galactus or hint at Galactus. Um, but then they turn him into the next, um, like, multi-movie level threat after Kang the Conqueror. That would be cool. Because that's what he deserves. But as far as Antonio Banderas as Galactus... I don't know, I mean, Galactus doesn't really have, like a like, a lot of personality, per se. So, I guess... He could, I, or maybe Antonio might have too much personality for Galactus, if I'm being honest with you. So, again, just like Adam Driver, I neither love nor hate that idea. I'm just square in the middle with that one. So we'll see what happens. I'll give him a chance, whatever, if it's true or not. Um, so the Fantastic Four movie, of course, is being directed by Matt Shakeman, and who was uh, behind. Marvel's WandaVision series, which I personally loved. I know some people had mixed feelings about it, but I loved it. It was perfect for me. Um, and it was the screenplay was written by Josh Friedman. We don't have any actual plot details yet. We don't actually know if Galactus is actually involved, but uh, it could, it's going to be, I hope, very interesting. And if there is a Galactus, we could see a new MCU version of the Silver Surfer as well, which would be also amazing. And I do have to say, of all the Fantastic Four movies that have come before, which unfortunately none have been great, um, although the unreleased Roger Corman movie was probably the best of those. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. Just remember, it's it was made a long time ago, and it is a little cheesy, but... It's very, very comic book accurate. But anyway, among one of the good things I did like about those movies is when they had Lawrence Fishburne as a Silver Surfer, and that was a perfect fit, in my opinion. Um, I love, yeah, I loved. He was great as a Silver Surfer. Um, so I would love to see that happen again. But who knows? That who knows? So there we go. There's uh, there's some rumors on the Fantastic Four. So, let's move on to our next story. 
And this will be a quick one, and that is that, um, so they're doing a sequel to Beetlejuice. If you haven't hoid, have you hoid? Uh, so Beetlejuice 2 is, now has an official release date, uh, well, sort of, a release time period, not a release date itself, but <clears throat> it looks like we can expect to see Beetlejuice 2 in the fall of 2024, 2024. And um, if you're a fan of Beetlejuice, like I am, you'll be happy to know that Michael Keaton will be coming back to play Beetlejuice. So that right there is a bonus. And in addition to that, we will have Jenna Ortega in the movie. Um, and the last rumor I heard is that she will be playing the daughter of Lydia um, who was originally played by Winona Ryder, so she'll be playing Winona, Winona Ryder's daughter. And I did not hear any word on whether or not Winona Ryder will be coming back for the movie. I think there was word that a lot of the original cast was possibly coming back, but I can't confirm that, so don't 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 quote me on that one. But we'll have Jenna Ortega, who recently uh, made a splash as playing Wednesday Adams in the Wednesday series, which I did not see the whole thing of, but what I did get to see of it, um, I really enjoyed. I thought she was great, and I want to go back and watch the whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with seeing her in Beetlejuice too. That, that'll be fun. Oh, I'm sorry. It does have an, an, an actual date. Um, it is September 6th, 2024. So, September 6th, 2024 for Beetlejuice 2 starring Michael Keaton and Jenna Ortega and that is uh that's cool that's good news um I believe it is I do believe it is being directed by Tim Burton again um but let me double check that let me double check my facts let me fact check myself yes uh Tim Burton who directed the original is expected to return to direct Beetlejuice 2 which is good because it wouldn't make sense to have him not come back to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right. So, um, that's kind of exciting news. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, there's a whole, there's a whole world of interesting possibilities there for that movie. And, uh, I think it'll be fun. So if you're a fan of the original, um, I think there's something there to be excited about. And, uh, if you've never seen the original, then, uh, Great Scott. Go see it. Watch it. Rent it. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. It's probably I'm sure it's on one of the streaming services. It's uh it's a lot of fun. So there we go. Alright, so that's it for that news. <laughs> that's actually all I have. As I said, um a short news week. Because I want to give my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. <clears throat> but before I do that, of course, um, I'm going to try to be as spoiler-free as possible, but just in case... Oh, spoiler alert. You have been warned. <clears throat> so, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the third film in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, even though it does feel like there have been more movies than that, 
um, because the Guardians, we really, um, which I love about the MCU, we saw the Guardians in, you know, an Infinity War, Endgame, Thor, um, so we've seen the Guardians, <laughs> the Guardians Christmas special, which was, which was a, a lot of fun. It, I also highly recommend checking that out if you haven't yet, because it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um... Yeah, so even though this is the third and final Guardians film, and it does have a feeling a, a feeling of finality to it, so make sure you are prepared for that. And um, you know, going into it, that this this um, version of the Guardians we are not going to be seeing again. All right, so let's get the uh, let's get the official stuff out of the way. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, rated PG-13, with a runtime of 2 hours and 30 minutes. But it didn't feel like 2 hours and 30 minutes, so that was good. Um, it was written and directed by James Gunn, and it stars, of course, um, Bradley Cooper as the voice of Rocket Raccoon, Palm Clemen Clementif as Mantis, Dave Batista as Drax, Karen Gillan as Nebula, Vin Diesel as the voice of Groot, um, Sean Gunn as Craglin, and in the fill-in for the um, Young Rocket, um, and of course Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, a new character for the Guardians, and um, who am I forgetting? <laughs> And, of course, Rosario Dawson as um, Gamora. And also a cameo appearance by Sylvester Stallone. And the main... I'm sorry. That was dumb. It's a Rosario Dawson. It's Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Wow, I can't believe I... Yeah. Maybe I had Ahsoka on my brain. <laughs> Which is funny, because I actually... I love... Um, I love Zoe Saldana as Gamora. I think she does a fantastic job, so I apologize for that. And, of course, the main bad guy is the High Evolutionary, played by... I'm going to mess this one up, but it's Chukwudi Iwuji. And I apologize for messing that up. I really, really suck at names. But, of course, you know, he's he's done a lot of great things, um, including... Uh, he was in the Peacemaker show, which he was great in that. Um, another great show that if you haven't checked out, I highly recommend. Um, and and uh, a bunch of other stuff that he was really, really great in. But anyway, but I digress because I feel like I've uh, <laughs> dragged on a bit. So, here is, the, here is, I'll give you the synopsis of the movie. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana. Not Rosario Dawson. Apologies again. <laughs> hey, I'm not perfect, right? Uh, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend his, the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. So, this, um, this movie is... Um, I, I think it's it's been made aware, uh, if you haven't, it's not really a spoiler. This movie focuses on 
uh, Rocket's backstory and where he came from. And um, being that I'm, I've always been a fan of Rocket, I read his original miniseries that introduced the character way back before he was even in the Guardians of the Galaxy or anything. Um, he's had a very tragic, he has a very tragic backstory. So, this movie is a little bit more, has more of a serious tone than the first two Guardians. It's not completely serious, it's not like a downer or anything. There is some, there is some great humor in it and everything, of course. Um, you know, you got, you got Dave Batista being Drax, being a Draxy Drax, just like he always Draxes, um, which is great. I love him as Drax. Sadly, uh, where it is, um, he has said that he will not be playing Drax ever again, which is, which is kind of a bummer, but what he, what can he do, you know? All good things must come to an end. Um, so there's some great stuff with him and, uh, Mantis and, and, um, and, and it's, it's just, so it, even though the, the story is a bit more serious and a little dark, there's still some great moments in it. And for the people that might be sick of the Marvel humor, quote unquote, um, and feel that there's too much humor in the movies these days, um, you might find this one a little bit, a little bit of a bit more refreshing on that angle. Um, so there's that. So, um, because it focuses on Rocket's tragic backstory and everything, um, you, you, they really dive into his entire story through flashbacks and such, where you find out how he w- they've hinted at um, in the movie his um, his potential tragic backstory. You've seen scenes where you know um, where if he's not wearing a shirt, you can see the some of the cybernetic stuff that was attached to him and everything, and 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 it's interesting because you see a different kind of rocket, which is which is nice, which is interesting. You see, he wasn't always the, the kind of smart ass, you know, rough edges type that he, that he is currently. He, he used to be a lot different and there are reasons why he became what he became. Um, and you also see, you also see why he's such, um, why it's easy to underestimate how truly intelligent Rocket is. Um, because he's a raccoon and because of his attitude and everything, you, you might not realize that he really is brilliant and, and, and you really get to see that in this, in this movie, which is cool. Um, also, uh, for those of you who have been waiting for it, uh, you get to see Groot all grown up again, uh, which is cool. Um, I kind of like, <laughs> I liked Groot in the second film as little baby Groot. He was cute. Uh, the teenage Groot was annoying. Of course, he was a teenager, so, you know, teenagers can be annoying, but I just wanted him to stop <laughs> being teenage Groot. Uh, so he is back to his normal Groot in this one, um, plus some. And he does, um, he doesn't, he almost kind of plays more of a sidekick role to Peter Quill in this movie. So I feel like maybe he might have been. No, he wasn't underutilized because he did. He had he had a lot of important. He played a very important role in the movie, but he didn't seem to have a lot of. I am Groot's, I guess you could say. 
Um, I don't know. He, he seemed less talkative, I guess. I don't know. I guess. Eh, I guess that doesn't really matter. Um, yes, but everybody else, it's it's really nice to see how everybody has evolved over the years. Um, especially like Nebula, who really, um, really has come around and has really become a really good character in the movies now. And um, then you have Gamora, uh, again, played by Zoe Saldana. I will keep pounding that into my brain. <laughs> um, who, as you may remember, in Endgame, she was killed, but then a version of her from a previous timeline was brought forward into the future, and that's the version we have now, and that is the version that did not have a relationship with Peter Quill or the Guardians, and uh, because of that has abandoned them, um, which leaves Peter in particular in the beginning of the movie feeling upset and, uh, um, more than upset, like devastated. <laughs> um, one, thing I, one thing I will say is this, this movie starts off with one of the cutest scenes you will ever see in a movie that immediately changes um, from the cute scene into an entirely different scene, which is kind of a sad, almost depressing scene in a way. But uh, it's it's all part of the story, so it all fits. So, without really spoiling anything else, um, let's get into the good, the bad, and the nitpicky of Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 3. Uh, the good. It was good to see everybody back again. Uh, they're kind of like, kind of like familiar family now, so it's always good to see them back. Um, everybody did a great job. Um, the story, the story was really, really good in, in just, they just handled it really well. I really enjoyed the story. It had a lot of emotional feels, a lot of emotional moments that'll get you. Um, unless you're, you know, a heartless jerk. Um, <laughs> and, um, the humor was good, toned down a little bit, which was, um, appropriate and also welcome. Um, and the introduction of the high evolutionary was good. Um, I like the role he played. I like what they did with him. Uh, he was, he was good. He was a good villain, a good villain. And, uh, I think they handled him really well. And uh, if they choose to bring him back at some point, that would be cool. Or perhaps they might not. They kind of left, well, it's a little spoiler, I guess. They kind of left it open whether or not he really, he is dead or alive. So they could bring him back if they wanted to. Personally, I would like to see him and Kang kind of team up together. That would be kind of cool. Uh, that would have made a cool cutscene, actually. But they didn't do that. Um... Yes, and, and overall, the, the movie's very enjoyable. As far as the bad goes, I don't think there is anything specifically bad um, that I were that really that I could point out as bad. Um, I mean, you know, the the film has a darker tone, but for me, I wouldn't call that bad. I think it makes I think it really makes the movie stand out. Um. They made a lot of changes to the High Evolutionary, which, again, some people might say is bad. But, really, I like to think of the MCU as, like, you know, for the comic book readers, if you're reading, like, the Ultimate Universe or something like that, it's like its own universe. And and to complain about 
I realized to complain about them changing the characters to you know to fit their that universe is kind of dumb because it's it's a whole it's not the Marvel Comics universe it's not the, even though they said it incorrectly it's not the six one six universe which is the main Marvel Comics um so I don't mind the changes they made as long as they make sense I think which is good and as long as they don't as long as they don't waste the character which I don't feel like they did in this with the high evolutionary I don't feel like they wasted him I think they they did really good with him um and and he was he was his part was played really well but yeah so no nothing really stands out to me as bad per se so it's good um you know actually if I'm really being honest and I kind of hate to have to to do it, but you know there there is actually one thing I, I almost thought about putting it in the nitpicky column, but really it's kind of I think it does deserve, in my opinion, to go in the bad column, and that is um well as you if you're a Marvel movie fan, you're aware that all the Marvel movies tend to have after credit scenes. We all know this. Uh, it has kept many theater goers in the theaters long past the movie's end for many years now. And if you go back and you look at the the lineage of the after credit scenes, there's it's a real roller coaster ride. There's some really good ones and there's some really bad ones. And unfortunately, I gotta say the the two after credit scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three were very disappointing. I hate to say it, but I have to. The mid credit scene um, was okay. It wasn't bad necessarily, and it could have been fun. It was kind of fun um, as it, as a teaser for the next after credit scene, the final. After credit scene, which is a, I'm sorry, it's a complete waste of time. It really is. It wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't funny. It wasn't, it didn't really introduce anything new. It didn't lead into the next chapter of anything. It was kind of pointless, really. Um, and so it made the, the mid credit scene a little, disappointing in retrospect as well. So I will say, what I will say is, stay for the mid-credit scene. It's cute. You'll enjoy it. But that don't, I don't, I suggest not waiting around for the final credit scene. Look it up online or something. It's really, 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 really not worth sitting through the credits for. And that that's, that's bad. In my opinion, that's bad. So there you go. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's that's it for the bad, which is really, you know, not that bad overall. <laughs> right. Well, and now the nitpicky. There's a couple nitpicky things. Um, sometimes I guess the the more serious tone felt a little overbearing, but that's just the story they were telling. So that's why that's just a nitpicky and not like an actual bad thing. For the most part, it was good, but sometimes I was just like, oh, it's I'm getting a little. A little depressing. <laughs> but then they would immediately change it up with some action or some good humor or something, so it wasn't it wasn't like a long periods of, of sadness. Um the only other nitpicky I would have is the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are known for their soundtracks, and to be honest, 
I did not really love the soundtrack for this one. It It's okay. It, it has some decent songs, but overall, uh, I found it a, a little disappointing. A little, you know, a little, a little wanting. Uh, for, uh, there was some good things, you know, there was a, um, there was a, they had an acoustic version of Creep by Radiohead, which that was okay, but where they played it, it added to the kind of depressing feeling of that scene. So it was like, eh, okay, uh, you know, crazy on you. That was, that was decent, but not, you know, not amazing. Since you've been gone also, not bad, but not amazing. In the meantime, by Space Hog, that's a good song. Uh, that, that fit. All right. Um, not a whole lot of other, we care a lot by Faith No More. That was cool to hear. I love that. I love Faith No More, one of my favorite bands. Even though this is We Care A Lot was pre-Mike Patton, but uh, it's still, it's a great song. So we'll accept it. Um, eh, Not a whole lot else that I really loved. Uh, They did No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which I do love that song, Beastie Boys, but I don't know, I'm kind of tired of hearing it. It's It's like the third or fourth movie that's had it this year alone. And they put it in 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 a fight scene and they edited the heck out of the song and it just eh was eh was I would rather have something else in that particular scene and you know nothing else really amazing so the soundtrack was a little eh a little boring for the most part uh, when you're when you're expecting you know like I said the Guardians movies are kind of known for the soundtracks so this one was a little eh. I could have done some other choices. I could think of some other choices I would put in. But anyway, so there you go. There's the good, the bad, and the nitpicky. So now my final recommendation for the movie is, um, so far, uh, the Marvel movies for Phase 4 and Phase 5 have been a little lackluster overall. Um, I know Phase 5, we this is only the second movie, but Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a little disappointing. Uh, but this movie, this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, kind of put everything back on track. And I highly recommend you go to the theater and see it as soon as possible. Don't wait for it to come out on video, on streaming, on video, how old am I, huh? Uh, don't wait for it to come out on streaming. It's worth going to see in the theater. Um, it was an enjoyable experience in the theater, and I highly recommend going to see it now. Now! Go! Now! Shut off the podcast and go see it right now. Or, you know, when you get at your next available opportunity. Um, yeah, this is definitely one worth going to the theater for. So there you go. There's my final verdict on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I hope I didn't spoil too much for you. Um, and if I did, well, I apologize if I, you know, but it is what it is. Um, there you go. Alright, so that's actually going to be it for this episode of the podcast. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you know that. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess that is, um, all the geek that's fit to report on this week. So... I know, I'm working on the indie people. I haven't got, I haven't, I haven't nailed it down yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Feel free to give me feedback. Um, so, uh, until next time, uh, I will just say good night, everybody.
All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else?